As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Thanks for joining us on another Reggae Lover Podcast episode. This is Khalil Wanda. And I'm Agard. What up, people? We're inside of February. Right now, this is Reggae Month in Jamaica. I would say I celebrate Reggae Month, you know what I mean, as a reggae lover. What about you? I celebrate reggae every day, you know? See, That's how see it is. That? Same thing goes for Black History Month. Yeah, I celebrate that every day, too. I live it. It's an everyday thing, man. And this is the month associated with Joseph for all those 12 tribes of Israel conscious people. You know what I'm saying? So big up all the Joseph man and woman them. Yeah, you, you're going to have to explain that to me another time. But yeah, big up Joseph still. <laughs> yes. So, you know, as my elders would say, Bob Marley was a Joseph man. And, you know, yeah, Dennis Brown, Joseph you know bunny rugs joseph and and so on and so forth on down the list sounds like a code to me but yeah yo man big up on your earth strong agard yeah the I, we, i celebrated yesterday my ascent into consciousness into the world yeah that's how i want to put it so an, an, an earth strong a revolution around yes. the sun anniversary that's great man and for those of you listening today as this episode is launched you know i'll be celebrating tomorrow as yeah, well man, big up see it there so it's some more life and we give thanks mm-hmm. itinually word so it's another regular podcast lots going on man you know, like that that what we just broke down that's a whole lot right there a lot to celebrate we're gonna talk about our buzzworthy topics for this week we're gonna go into our tastemaker segment and our sound clash update And then our main segment today, we'll be discussing a couple of research studies, one in particular that came out that reveals that adults who are exposed to reggae music during childhood grow or grew to be more open-minded. So we'll dive into that, break out some of that results from that study and kind of talk about the things, mm-hmm. you know? So stay tuned for that. Agard, why don't you kick off the buzzworthy Yeah, so my buzzworthy entry this week is actually, it comes from the poor people's governor, a.k.a. Bounty Killer. So on social media, I was, I was paying attention to a few things. I watched uh, I watched, uh, on, on stage most, uh, most weeks, um, and they shared something that Bounty Killer actually shared with an audience. I'm not sure exactly what the uh, gathering was for. But Bounty Killer made some statements in reference to the crisis in Jamaica as it as it 
um, pertains to domestic violence. So I don't know if anybody's familiar or not, but basically, you know, they've they've been a, a slew or a number of deaths related to domestic violence, and most of them have been you know, as a result of the male, you know, killing the female partner. And then sometimes, you know, they turn whatever weapon on themselves. And Bounty Killer was actually uh, referring to some things in his past and how he was brought up. So I just thought that it was buzzworthy because a lot of artists don't necessarily speak out about this issue. You know, a lot of uh, topics have to do with violence. Yes. And, um, you know, stopping violence, but this particular part of um, the trend isn't usually addressed. I, I was also watching on stage a few weeks ago when they were covering covering uh, Rebel Salute, and uh, artist by the name of QQ excuse me was actually also speaking out about that because his significant other has a song out right now speaking about domestic violence. Question about that, because I think you sent me the video clip mm -hmm. and I didn't really watch it in its entirety. And uh, But I saw that it was Bounty Killer and it was addressing domestic violence. So my initial question that came to mind was, is he talking about his own domestic violence case from his personals or is he actually drawing a line at his toe not at all it was actually very very goes on the other side was it was very profound he actually was using himself as an example and what he what he was saying was he was brought up a certain way um uh -huh. and i'll i'll try to do a, a, a short synopsis basically he was saying that he learned it from his father and the way his father you know, acted in certain ways in certain situations. And when he was saying when he was younger, you know, he thought that it was okay to hit women or discipline women to, for lack of a better word. I'm, I'm not saying that Bounty said that, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing basically. And he said at some point he realized that I think the phrase he used is when you're spending money on a woman, it's for maintenance of the woman, the relationship, whatever he said, you know, you, you, it, you, it's not about ownership. It's about, you know, maintaining a relationship. That's what he said. And he also, it was a little bit more nuanced. I know I'm, I'm trying to, uh, stumbling through what he said, but basically he also addressed women in saying that, you know, some of the things that women do in the culture also make men insecure. You know, he was talking about cheating women and certain things that women do to make men feel less than or insecure that, that, you know, scars their ego. So sometimes that leads to abuse as well. So he was advising the women to be more honest um, with men and not, you know, basically bun them, you know what I'm saying? Or get them bun, however you want to say it. So it was a it was a very nuanced explanation of how he changed and how he's learned to I guess corral his 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 emotions or his anger or his frustrations into understanding that you know that's not the right way to go. So he definitely used himself in his past situations as as an example. Thanks for that breakdown. That's very interesting. Yeah, and it was actually pretty funny because some of his descriptions yeah, you could hear audible laughter in the audience because he's he's very colorful with the way he describes things. It's not just like you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. He he actually added comedic elements to it. That's Bounty Killer. You know, I've come to learn that he's quite a character, man. 
and his speech is often punctuated with his catchphrases, you know, hey, yo, yellow, and all that type of stuff. So, <laughs> right. And then, real quick, another example of what he said he said, um, you know, nobody can make somebody feel bad like his mother. <laughs> so he said, uh, in certain situations, you know, his mother would make him feel bad, but he can't do anything to her because it's his mother. So he was like, uh, when he gets into situations with females recently, he's just like, you know what? That's I treat her like your mother, you know, even though she does something that frustrates you or hurts you, you know, he can't, you can't really act out. So that was another interesting point as well. Cool. Yeah. Kudos to Bounty Killer, the warlord for, you know, these messages of peace, offering solutions to help with the domestic violence problem. That's what's up. Words. So what you got for us on on your uh, buzzworthy take this week? Well, I've been inundated with articles about coffee, but um, one in particular caught, caught my eye. And this is in the Newsweek. Um, it was published in the culture section of Newsweek.com on uh, February the 4th. And the headline is Rising Teen Star Coffee Gives Reggae a Jolt to the Mainstream. And the subline, Coffee is the first female artist to take home the Grammy for Best Reggae Album at 19 years old. It's a lengthy article that chronicles much of um, what has taken place so far in Coffee's young career. Um, obviously, her recent accomplishments and appearances. There are captions from Coffee as well as her record label. Also, industry notables like Bobby Condors and Protégé sounded off on, you know, reggae's rise and some of the ways that we see the business changing in respect to distribution channels and the crossing over of genres, etc. So, you know, definitely, I know we've been talking about coffee a lot, but based on what I saw in terms of the vision that was kind of laid out from her record label, you know, I can see how the plan is coming together and I can expect, or we can all expect more success. Um, one thing that we can expect is more collaborations between her and artists from other genres. So, you know, though I, I'm a roots, roots reggae lover at heart, I'm definitely excited to hear what comes about when she works with, some of the people that um you know were mentioned i know the article talked about her potentially working with rihanna on the new rihanna record album and since then another article surfaced talking about her potentially collaborating with kendrick lamar mm -hmm. so it's all rumored at this point nothing is confirmed but you know that looks like the overall strategy and you know they're just pointing to a lot of the things that we've discussed here um throughout the last season of this podcast so just more confirmation that we have our fingers on the pulse of everything. We know what's going on. So you need to make sure you listen in and tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Reggae Lover Podcast each and every week religiously. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I got a chance to check out the article as well. And it's very detailed. And, and I know it's an article about coffee, but it actually breaks down what's going on in the industry right now. I mean, from a number standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. Um, even from a standpoint of what it takes for uh, reggae artists to break into foreign uh, markets. So it's it's very good. And, you know, I, I like the quote from Protégé basically saying, you know, 
it doesn't really matter if you can figure out what type of genre something is. It's just, is it good or not, you know? So I think with people like Protégé, Coffee, Chronics, you know, those people, you know, as well as, you know, Skip Marley was also mentioned as another up-and-coming artist. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's it's a lot of good signs for the music. Hopefully it works out. Yeah, man. That's the what's buzzworthy for this week. And we're going to jump right into the Tastemaker segment for this week. And, you know, that was a good, pretty good segue into the Tastemaker because this week we have unanimously selected the new single. As a matter of fact, the new music video from Skip Marley, who you just mentioned, featuring her with the song entitled Slow Down. We're going to put a link to the music video in the show notes so you can check that out. I think everybody can listen to it again, regardless of what genre you really cling to as your main thing. You know what I'm saying? This is one that you could you can get with if you're into soul, if you're into reggae, if you're into dance hall, if you're into pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, definitely a good tune. I was doing some research, you know, trying to get some music and I believe there's a few remixes out there for you DJs, you know. It's along the same lines though. It's nothing too far from from the original though. Yeah, man. So Skip Marley, if you don't know, a part of the, the Marley legacy is the grandson of Bob. And this song, the video was shot in different parts of New York City. So big up to my New York family that listens in. Definitely a good look. You know, great shots in the video. At this point, as we're recording this, it's approaching 5 million views. And it was uploaded about a month ago. So definitely doing well. Make sure you make sure you don't miss that one. Yeah, man. All right. Up next, the Sound Clash update. Yeah, it's a big one. At least uh, a a big update. You know, considering the recent Clash news. Yeah. So we had a really what would you call this? Uh, a monumental clash is billed as the sixth annual New Jersey Cup Clash. And for today's, you know, we don't have like the type of sound clashes that we did once, where the the very biggest, most massive sounds in the world. The Goliaths, the Titans would get into the ring. You know, that doesn't happen very much. So this clash featured Soul Supreme, who is one of the quote unquote legendary top five of New York City. Is that safe to put them in the top five, son? Is there a top five? All right, there's a top four plus one. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. Soul Supreme is a solid sound. They've always been a solid sound. I don't know. I haven't done a top five for New York, but yes. So let's do a top five for New York on the spot. Okay. Mine, Addy's LP. Hold on. We're talking about recently or historically? Or you're talking about today's top five? Yeah, today's top five. Because, you know, historically, you you know, you got to have downbeat in there. Um, I don't know if you have downbeat in there for today. I feel like that that'll probably be the only difference. Okay, for today, Addy's LP are a must. Man, yeah, I guess Soul Supreme would have to be there if we're talking about the last five, ten years. Soul Supreme. Um, I feel like we have the same, you know, Earth Ruler before Soul Supreme, in my op- humble opinion. See, to me... Addy's LP, Earth Ruler. Yo, if you're talking about the last five years, I, I hate to say this because I was a big Earth Ruler fan in the 90s, but I don't know if Earth Ruler makes the list for me. 
You know what I mean? I don't want to get into a big debate, but you know, who has Earth Earth Ruler beaten recently? Well, that's not really what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at, okay, the way that I'm thinking about this top five. Yeah, let's 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 define it. Yeah, is if if promoters were to do some type of big bill sound clash that everybody in everybody in all the boroughs is going automatically they're gonna pack out you know a thousand plus people not the let the little 200 people not the little 50 sound men in a corner you know what i'm saying i'm talking about thousands of people full up amazura kind of thing you know what i'm saying uh-huh. earth ruler is one of those sounds that Correct. can pull that crowd because of the fan base that they have you understand yes so uh, i agree with that so earth ruler lp or earth ruler Addies. You know, those would draw like the massive crowds. So that's why they're in the top five. Okay. All right. Well, once you define that, I, I understand what you're saying. And I agree with you. Yes. Addy's LP, Earth Ruler, Soul Supreme. Um, right now, got to give it to Stereo 5. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're in the top. You're talking about drawing power, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, Stereo 5 has drawing power right now. Somehow he's uh, uh, Speedy has endeared himself to a lot of people. Speedy has a lot of fans right now, and rounding out the top five, I mean, it's tough. I don't That's know who five. the fifth sound is. That's five though. If you put Stereo Five yeah. in there, so Addy's LP Earth Ruler, Soul Supreme Stereo Five. All right, yes. All right. So for me, in my book, me the sound that I just mentioned, I would put. I would put downbeat in there because I think that downbeat would draw more people than stereo five would. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? We talking about, you know, the talk was, was to see LP face off with downbeat in like a vintage dance or whatever. Like, come on, that'll be a sold out affair. This is true. Yeah, it would be. All right. All right. So we, we have a little bit of a difference, uh, differing of opinions, but I think for the most part, we agree. But uh, carry on. Yes, so we digress. So getting back to the topic, Soul Supreme faced off against King Shine in the New Jersey Cup clash. And yes. seemed to have a very good turnout. We were able to check out the audio. I believe there's video as well from the clash for those of you who haven't checked it out. So the end result was Soul Supreme victorious three rounds to one. Yeah, and then they did go uh, tune for tune as well. They did go tune for tune, and Soul Supreme had like a flawless victory in tune for tune, from what I heard. Yeah, I I didn't get to see what the feedback was online. I know the audio that I listened to was cut off, mm-hmm. so I didn't hear the actual end of the dance. In terms of the dance, I think it was a it was a fairly entertaining dance. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot sometimes when. It's only two sounds, and the lo- the rounds that each sound plays are longer, such as twenty minutes, and and in that range, sometimes it could be boring. But this this clash was alright. I think both both teams did pretty good. To, they did a good job of keeping it spicy, um, keeping the crowd engaged. A lot of lot of music played, a lot of good dubs, decent amount of of new tunes. It didn't really seem like an old, like an old song kind of a clash either to me, you know. Yeah, I would say Soul Supreme definitely played more new tunes than um, King Shine, but yeah, I mean it was it was pretty evenly matched, 
even though the score doesn't say that, but I, I'm saying in terms of the abilities of the two sounds, it was evenly matched from the get go. I don't know, you know that that was a clash. Let's talk about that the the fallout from the clash. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because we have gotta love this business, man. You know we have the internet now, so it's a thing. You know, Jimmy Spliff, the selector from King Shine, is very vocal online on social media. Not a hard person to find at all. He's always ranting about something, you know what I'm saying, as a part of his whole persona. So another selector who's similarly as popular and, and outspoken online, Little Shaba, formerly of Soul Supreme, who's now based out of Jamaica, heading up Notorious International. And he took to his Facebook Live or IG Live. And what, what was Shaba talking about? I forget. I think it was almost an hour long post, but you know, I was at work. I was able to listen in my ears, and I, I, I didn't get to take in everything. But basically, he was trying to break down what's really going on right now with his sound, and he he directly addressed uh, Jimmy Spliff, basically saying Jimmy's not on the level to be playing sounds like Soul Supreme. I don't know. I don't want to give too much of an opinion. I want to <laughs> basically tell you what happened, but like, you know. Based on his record, let's just say this, you know, he calls himself the dinosaur killer and it's, and basically it seems like some dinosaurs have killed him. So that's basically what Lil Shaba was saying. He was also talking about his sound and, you know, if he wanted to, he could do certain things, but his sound is still starting up. You know, he's trying to, to do it smart. I can't remember everything they were saying, but basically he was talking to Jimmy as if you know, he doesn't deserve a shot at Soul Supreme, even though he just play, played them and, and, and the way how he thinks about where he's at in the business right now. Yeah, man. And, you know, I've been able to peruse some of the forums this week and a lot of people actually share that opinion. You know, they that was kind of the outcry when they, you know, after the King Eddie's versus King Shine clash in which King Shine was severely outmatched. You know, that was not close. That one was not close at all. You know, he didn't win any rounds. Didn't come close to winning a round. <laughs> yeah. So now going up against Soul Supreme, another one who, you know, we have listed in the top five of NYC. You know, he was able to win one round. But Jimmy went ahead and posted his battle card, like his win record. Um, you know, and he does have some some pretty decent defeats on there. Look, I, I think he's a very talented individual. I think where King Shine suffers sometimes, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I think really they don't cut enough. When you go against a sound like Soul Supreme, you know, Jake's is a very good MC, but they have so many new records mixed in. It's kind of like a bass odyssey formula, right? They have their rhythms that they go to, and like they have a lot of new tunes on the rhythms as well as anthems, you know, similar to King ID's. So it's like, when you play a sound like that, you got to have a lot of new tunes, man. Got to have a lot of new tunes. Um, but what I really want to get into is what this kind of, what we were talking about earlier offline to where I think the fact that rivalries are now coming back into the clash arena is a really good thing, especially with little Shaba, who has a lot of promise. You know, he's starting something up with, with, with um, Jimmy obviously but then also there's there's a rivalry right now with dynamic who's mm -hmm. another rising star in the business who has some 
very major wins under his belt, you know, and the legitimacy of Notorious beating Dynamic in Boom Clash. So I think they have unfinished business based yeah, off of Boom Clash being in Jamaica on Notorious's home turf and it being one of these tournaments that involves judges and, you know, a lot of things that don't happen in traditional sound clash. You know, that's really the knock against Notorious. It's like, yeah, you won Boom Clash, but can you win in, in a real no-holes-barred, toe-to-toe, all-out war where there's no judges and it's on neutral grounds even, perhaps? That's kind of hanging over his head, or people are holding that over his head. So he has like a personal vendetta and a, and a real real motive to want to go after Dynamic and, and beat him, you know, legitimately to silence all the naysayers. So we'd love to see that one go down. But now, you know, as I mentioned, Shaba used to play on Soul Supreme. Soul Supreme beats up on King Shine. And then Shaba takes the internet saying that he's not worthy of even going against Soul Supreme. So, you know, it makes a good case. Now can Shaba on this little sound his new sound defeat king shine who he's criticizing you know so yeah it, it's it's a good um good impetus for something to develop here so hopefully promoters are not going to waste this opportunity i mean those are two clashes that we want to see in 2020 definitely and yeah shout out to next month you know soul supreme going up against innocent which is going to be another interesting clash because both of these sounds definitely have the years and the mileage on their sound you know what i'm saying and uh jake's as an mc going against you know dapper as an mc you know there's a lot of, they're, they're both veterans you know they definitely both know how to uh address a crowd and get crowds in their favor and that's down in florida right i think that's in florida so that's in yeah. innocent turf but Let's get this straight, though. Florida, I don't think, is a bias. I don't think it would be a bias dance because we've seen King Addis go in and uh, mash up uh, recently Poison Art, you know, and Poison Art is, a, is you know, a, been in Tampa for many years, a local sound that everybody respects. So True, true, but that's King Addis. Yeah. In terms of, I, I don't think you can group the whole state and say Florida is not biased. I think it really comes down to the dance. Well, based on the dances that I've heard, it depends on the dance, bro. But but I've heard a lot of clashes recently in Florida. I mean, case in point, I believe. Hold on, I know no, Young I Hawk was in a is in one of those clashes where it seemed like a setup. You know, yeah. where he was <laughs> yeah. he was playing like some serious steal and he was losing in the early rounds and you know what i'm saying like at a certain point he had to go into his biltmore box and <laughs> play some bounty with the old voice and some garnet silk and stuff like that on some biltmore rhythms and you know what i'm saying the crowd was finally like you know what i'm saying like almost like begrudgingly it was like all right you know what i'm saying fine <laughs> you know i'm saying we're gonna give you some forwards now uh man so you know i don't know what the actual outcome was but i believe he may have escaped with his life all right, I'll, I'll, I'll concede your point. I just want to have uh, say an honorable mention. Shout out to Live Sound, heading back onto the road. I'm not going to mention the clash, but I'm glad that I'm going to have the opportunity possibly to hear some new Live audio. So big up Live Sound, yo. That's my hope for the future. Live Sound. That's my, that's my hope. Also, 
salute Supreme Sound. Oh, yeah, definitely. With Garfield and Fitzroy in Atlanta who won the Put Up or Shut Up tournament down in, in Lithonia, Georgia, defeating Mellow Sound and they defeated Matrix and a couple other sounds in the tournament, you know what I'm saying? And they emerged victorious. I don't think Supreme lost any rounds throughout the whole competition. So I'm like, yo, never heard them clash before this. And now I want to hear them go up against some bigger competition. So I hope somebody is listening that's involved and can, you know, make that happen. Yeah, man. I would say that Supreme, I know them for juggling. I, I didn't know they had all these dubs. I didn't know they had all these combinations. Obviously, I knew that they were skilled, you know. Right. Every juggling dance I ever saw them in, they were very entertaining, you know. And back in the day, I, I compared them to a bass odyssey level sound. So big up to Supreme sound, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, my I, some of my heart is still in Atlanta. So any promoters in Atlanta that can make any of these combinations of sound clash happen, I'm going to say this right now. I listen to a lot of clashes, and I would say that I got a, a few picks in Atlanta that I want to see go to head-to-head in Atlanta. You know, these tournaments are cool and all, but there's a lot of... Mm, let's just say that there are a lot of mismatches, right? So I want to see Supreme, King AP, Dub Electric, Cartel... You know what I'm saying? I know I know Stitchy is saying that Capricorn is a Bronx sound or whatever, but Stitchy's in Atlanta, so I want to see Capricorn. Any of those five sounds going head-to-head up against each other in any combination or all at once, I would love to see that, man, because these are national caliber sounds. They're not just Atlanta sounds. Like I've heard them play. I've heard their quality of dubs. I've heard them juggling and tell you the truth, these are, are people that can or sounds that can go national, if not international. So Atlanta promoters, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's enough for Sound Clash update for this week. Word. <laughs> nice big update. I know, man. We could go forever. <laughs> so let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audiobook about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. 
I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood, there's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. Yeah, man. So let's get into our main topic for today's show, man. We wanted to go through this. So I think this is very interesting. Some research that I'm happy to know that was conducted. This study that shows children who listen to reggae grow to be more open-minded. Um, and this is a, a leading psychologist who f- headed up this study and found that not only reggae, but classical music. So I've always heard play classical music for the baby when they're in the belly, play classical music for the kids when they're babies. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it helps to grow brain cells and expand their mind. I know I always knew and always felt like in my heart of hearts that reggae music would be the true music that would be the best for the children especially like bob marley you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. bob marley in certain studio one label recordings and stuff like that stuff from that period is just like i think that music just has a certain anointing it's hard to to put into words it's really just a vibration you know what i'm saying so i've always like had this feeling that that would be the appropriate thing. So this is how I, you know what I'm saying? This is how it's a part of this was a part of my personal parenting, you know what I mean? <laughs> like as a dad. <laughs> but you know, official studies that I had heard previously always talked about classical music. So this is the first time this study is saying that listening to reggae leads to a child who's more likely to be open to trying new foods, sports, fashions, and books as they grow up. Yeah, man, it's very interesting. And when you had mentioned this to me, the first thing I thought about was, you know, lyrics, because I I was, you know, some of this study, they talk about um, kids being exposed to it from ages four and, you know, between four and eight and like some parts of the study. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously we've discussed before I was introduced to reggae at a little bit of a later age, like around nine or 10. And, you know, I, I associate, you know, a lot of the lyrics were helping to introduce me to philosophy, you know, philosophy mm-hmm. about the world. But then I think this study, what, what a, a lot of it, what it's talking about are the harmonics and the composition of the actual music as well. So it's very interesting. When you talk about the construction of the music, one of the reasons that classical music had been touted in the past was because it lacked um, a consistent rhythm. Right. Or beat. You know what I'm saying? Which I kind of get how that, you know, the the abstract nature of the music and how it's constructed could lead to your mind kind of being open. You know, if you're listening and you haven't developed speech yet and things like that of your own. But at the same time, there's something about the reggae beat that's different than other beats. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the rhythm. Bob Marley said, leave it in the one drop. Yeah. And if you look at the composition of of definitely 
earlier reggae music. I mean, early in what we call foundation reggae. Yeah, you know, classic from, classic reggae. We're talking classical music. You know, I say right. Yeah, like classic reggae. Right. Um, a lot of it when you, when there there there's complexity to it, especially for the th- the stuff that's not made in an electronic like in the computer. You know, there's different arrangements going on within the same song. You know what I'm saying? The the drum and the bass might be in the pocket together, but then the rhythm, you know, uh, the guitars or trumpets or whatever might be in a different, you know what I mean? They're sharing time and they're sharing space, but they're not necessarily all in the same quantized, you know what I'm saying? They're not all in sync with each other. Right. I mean, that's the complexity about, you know, reggae, especially, you know, when you talk about the downbeat and all of this, you know, it's a, it's it's different. It's comparable to jazz in many ways, especially the more like dubby side of the, the reggae music, you know, like uh, and that's what it is. That's that's what evolved into dub, you know, taking some of these recordings which were done with live musicians playing live in a studio and being recorded on multi-track equipment and then breaking that that recording down and stripping away different elements of the music and reintroducing it and warping it and um, things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So you're really, with some of the producers, you know, like, like say a King Tubby's, you know, this is really epic stuff right here. And I feel like it would be a shame to have the opportunity to, connect with your children you know using or over or or with some of this music so the study was saying that this really introduces open-mindedness and flexibility as well as a yearning for live music and i think that it's those that instrumentation that i'm talking about that really you know i'm saying like drives home that yearning for live music Another thing about this study that surprised me, they were also speaking about the music that least promoted diverse thought. And those two, the two things that were on the bottom of the list was heavy metal. No surprise there. But then what also surprised me was soul music. Soul. Yeah, it it was. That's interesting to me because, you know, I would think that reggae and soul was actually intricately intertwined, you know, because of the the nature of of how reggae began you know of like a lot of trying to sing over soul songs and r&b songs and stuff like that so i i don't know i would have to look into that some more but it kind of surprised me the soul aspect of it um i don't know if it's the content of lyrics or the actual composition but it was it was very interesting i was surprised to see soul listed right alongside heavy metal as well i mean the only thing i could think of with soul is obviously the name of it is soul right there's a lot of feeling in there but there's not i don't think as meant as much dynamics to the composition as there would be in in a reggae or a classical music or even some you know forms of rock you know like soul is is definitely guitar heavy you know what i'm saying it's guitar heavy bass heavy um, a little bit of drums, but it's, 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 it's like, it's muddy, you know, <laughs> like, like muddy waters, you know, like that type of stuff. It's very, you know, whereas reggae, there's a very, there's a lot of dynamics. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot of range of instruments. Soul, it's a very specific, specific types of instruments you're using. 
Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because, you know, there's a link, obviously, between the music of the parent and the music of the children. If you're introduced to a certain type of music at a very young age, like, say, under age eight or six or four or whatever the age may be, versus when you're introduced to a certain music in your 20s or your 30s, I mean, they, like they say, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like people, it's a similar thing to your your palate for, for food. You know, if you're introduced to candy and sugary foods as a baby, that's when you're, you're going to crave that for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's going to be almost impossible to not, you know what I'm saying, like want that. And yeah, I've known people who weren't not allowed to have candy, sugar or anything like that from the time that they were born, you know, they grew up eating various types of, you know, cooked food, substitute Drinking that for, water. for healthy food. Yeah, exactly. And so they don't, they don't even crave candy at all. Like they're like, you know, they're like in, in American country or you're a weirdo. <laughs> if yeah. you're not like fiending for this junk food, you know what I'm saying? You'd be more open to try out different cuisine, different foods from different places that you never tried before because you're just open to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I can see how that's that's a thing. I mean, even for me, I know this article speaks about, you know, the most, obviously the most influential music when it comes to, you know, promoting diversity of thought, you know, classical and, you know, reggae. But what I can say also is is kind of like what you said, um, parents and children sharing music. So my mom had a very diverse taste in music. And I think because of that, I, like the the article also speaks about that. The 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 level of diversity that you have in your music also affects, you know, your your thinking in terms of trying new things. Like, you know, growing up, I you know, my mom would be listening to the Beatles, Marvin Gaye, you know what I'm saying? There'll be jazz and playing in the house on Sundays, you know? Um, Sting, Phil Collins, all types of things. Um, so I think because of that, including, you know, me being open to reggae. That definitely helped me not being fearful of other cultures, not being fearful of trying new things, you know, cuisines, traveling, stuff like that. Whereas I've met people, you know, when I was in the military that we're literally in a foreign country on the other side of the planet. And, you know, sometimes they'll just have to revert to eating ramen or something because they do not want (laughs) to try any other culture's food. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's amazing to me. Maybe people, soul, people that listen to soul music, it could be that they only listen to soul music. Right. That, that's the first thing I thought of. You know, they might have a massive yeah. soul music collection, but that's literally, that might be all that they rock with. You know, similarly, people who listen to heavy metal, but the type of people that listen to reggae music, I think are more likely to have some rock and also have some soul and also have some calypso and some jazz and you know just a variety of different genres reggae music borrows a lot from a lot of different places and it's amazing because even till this day you know i'm four decades in at this point even till this day i'm still discovering songs that i learned as a kid or a teenager reggae songs i never knew the original remember i texted you last week 
I was yeah. having lunch. I was having lunch. Yo, anybody who knows me on any type of level knows that I love the Baltimore rhythm. You know what I'm saying? It was sung by the Tamlins. The Tamlins, right? 79. Do, well, 80. But yeah, I mean, according yeah, to. Released in 80. Right. So I'm eating lunch and I hear the Baltimore rhythm, but I'm like, yo. Who is what? Who's singing this? I don't know. And then my boy is like, "Yo, it's Nina Simone." He, I was like, "Nina Simone? Like, I never heard this Nina Simone song." <laughs> uh, yo, I Shazam it. Lo and behold, it's Baltimore. It came out in 1978, and then the Tamlin sung it over in '80. So what I'm trying to say is, reggae borrows from so many different cultures. So it's like automatically you listen. To, you, you listen to reggae. You're also listening to country. You're listening mm-hmm. to soul, you listen to rock and roll, you're listening to R&B and original stuff. And and like, for example, you know, James, um, not James, uh, Dennis Brown, you know, Westbound Train, you know what I'm saying? That sample in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is that? An Al Green sample? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So- all of these things, um, you're you're already part of it. So it's like when when you hear the original, you know, whether it be Marvin Gaye or Al Green or some song like that, you origin you already have an affection towards it. So it's already opening you up to like other things in other cultures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the last thing that I mentioned from this article that uh, we're discussing say said that children who went to their first gig aged between four and six years old were much more open to trying new things 33 percent more than those who attended a musical festival or concert over the age of 29 which only nine percent of those people would be you know open to trying new things so that's not surprising they said that 81 percent of reggae listeners had a want to attend live gigs when they got older so you know, those who went to live gigs by age of 24 were more likely to keep going after the age of 35. And it just talks about how receptive you are to different genres and sounds between the ages of 24 and 35. But after that time, you're much less likely to listen to new music. And I can attest to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm over 35. I'm less inclined at this point to give new things a try. I'm just being honest. But, you know, imagine if I never was exposed to live music or reggae from an early age. I didn't see many live events as a kid. But what I did do was I was able to see a lot of performances on TV. I know that's not live performances, you know, in a sense. But I was seeing music live and I I did appreciate it. What was your first live? (laughs) Um... Let's see. I remember as a kid, my parents, <laughs> this is so funny. So, yeah, I was a little kid and my parents had tickets to Sparrow mm-hmm. in some in some random like hotel. Like, I don't know if it was a banquet hall or something, but it was in New Jersey. We I, I grew up in Brooklyn, so we took a trip out to New Jersey and um, it was me and my parents. And, you know, I'm not a fan. I haven't. I'm not a big fan of Soka or Calypso, but yeah, my first <laughs> first live uh, experience was uh, going to see uh, Sparrow in New Jersey with my parents. I must have been like 
seven or eight years old, something like that. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but you guys, you, you, you and your brother, you were in Jamaica in, in those years. So I'm sure there was many an opportunity for some type of live thing. Yeah. Like this whole time I've been thinking about that because <laughs> I don't really remember. Nothing is, is coming to my mind right now bro like yeah i mean tell you the truth um i i didn't i didn't use i didn't go to a lot of live events as a kid not even as a teenager you know you know a lot of people especially growing up in america or anywhere in the world you know when they're a teenager that's the time to like go to live you know live bands or live music or whatever um my my live experience in this probably um speaks to why i listen to so much of it now was sound system right you know what i mean like the thing that was available to me was block parties where they would string up sound systems or hooky parties in a basement when they're string up sound systems you know what i'm saying so that i guess that explains why i'm so into sound sound system culture you know what i'm saying like you would be summertime outside on the block and somebody's having a backyard party and around 6, 7 p.m., you know, they're starting to string up the sound. And when they're testing out the sound, you, you're hearing Barris, you're hearing Sanchez, you're hearing these things. So that was my experience. And not until I went to college, um, my first year in college was the first concert I ever went to. You know, whereas a lot of teenagers are going 13, 14, 15 years old to concerts. My first concert was uh, actually, um, it was a free concert. Uh, Method Man and Red Man, and then after that, you pay ten dollars. There was a concert with uh, Jay Z and Busta Rhymes. You know what I mean? Those are the. F- I'm 18 years old. Right. That was the first concert. To, like as, you know. But still, be, a- after the Sparrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you know, that's still like DJs rocking and. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It's not even a band, right? Yeah, it's not even a band. Like they didn't have live bands. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rain check that. I think. Gosh, I got it. I should have been journaling. <laughs> yeah. As a youth, you know what I'm saying? I got I've got some work. I got some inner work to do. <laughs> yeah. I would say what about this though? Cuz I've had some experiences with friends or acquaintances who have kids and I'd say this. My experience was like I mentioned earlier, my mom's music collection, my father's music collection. My my father had vinyl bought my mom a CD player and you know that's when I got introduced to a lot of different music amongst like different video shows and stuff but my takeaway from this is also this when you're a certain age you know as a kid you don't know necessarily to discern what's new what's old you know what I'm saying you just know good and bad or what you like and what you don't like so I would encourage parents like especially if you're reggae fans you know just don't Say to yourself, oh, this kid is young. He's not going to get it. I've seen friends, kids who are into, you know, Studio One, who are into like the older stuff, and that informs their music, musical taste when they grow up. You know, I'm case in point, you know, because I was introduced to reggae at 10, you know, yeah, I got introduced to it through um, sound systems and dancehall, but when I got a little bit older, I wanted to hear, you know, you know, what happened in the 60s, what happened in the 70s. So I would encourage um, parents and those who are raising, you know, young people who want them to at least have, you know, entree into this music, 
you know, have them listen to it because you never know how it's influencing them, you know? Yeah. My experience with with my little ones, you know, I definitely played dub and, you know, Bob Marley, Studio One, Dennis Brown, you know, that kind of thing for them, especially when they were babies. But now they're a little bit older, you know, they're able to kind of choose what they like. Mm -hmm. But I've been playing a lot of chronics. You know, my wife loves Chronic's voice. My kids, you know, they'll, it's between Chronic's coffee and then they'll go to like Michael Jackson or something like that. I love to see them just watch them self select. Like my son, he's eight, you know, he'll go and, you know, he knows he can sing along with, with some of the Bob Marley songs and everything like that. But I think the, mm-hmm. the production and the way, you know, the reggae revival stuff is presented now is very palatable for these young children you know what i'm saying songs like chronics i can you know it's just like it's almost like it's made for them (laughs) because it's so positive so upbeat you know what i mean so simple um so it's like a it's like a kid bop uh song without being a kid bop yeah man and it's totally safe you know it's just the, the the greatest joy to be able to enjoy music with them and and we're both, you know, like we're all having a good time. Songs like Skankin' Sweet, you know, songs like Toast. So, you know, where there's just like positive messages and, you know, there's nothing that's going to expose them to something that you got to jump in, going to force you to jump into conversations that you're not ready to have <laughs> because it's not yeah. age appropriate. So, you know, I was telling my wife about this study that we're discussing and her first thing is like, hey, are they talking about dance hall? Like, what kind of reggae are they talking about? And she kept trying to, like, you know, break it into, you know, subgenres and figure out, like, which subgenre they're talking about because there's so many under reggae. So, you know, I just had to, I I get where she's coming from, but I just had to explain to her, like, my definition, again, you know, how I see it is that is, I know some of you listeners can probably quote me (laughs) along with me as I'm saying this. There's one reggae. Reggae is the genre. Dancehall right. is a place where you go to hear sound systems play any kind of music that they want to play to entertain the crowd, whether it be gospel, country, rap, funk, reggae, soca, you know, sound systems could play whatever they want inside of the dance hall. If it's a Jamaican dance hall, it's going to be predominantly reggae, you know? And under reggae, there's also a segment of it that I would categorize as slackness. There's been slack music from the beginning of reggae almost, from the 60s and 70s. There were songs with innuendos where they were talking about, you know, sexual things or talking about, you know, all types of different topics. But there was a lot of wordplay and clever, you know, innuendos to kind of hide the meaning behind something really funny. You know, same thing with Calypso music was like that from back in the day. Right. It's been that way since Africa came to the plantations you know what i'm saying like that yeah it's always right. been here so you know there's slackness and that represents a small portion a small segment of the music um it's not the majority of the music at all and there's fast tempo and there's slow tempo reggae music some of it deals with slackness but that's a far, far minority so you know you can't just zero in and think of spice when you hear reggae or think of just vibes cartel when you hear reggae 
and try to split it up as you know this is this and this is this is good and this is bad and it's like no it's all it's all a part of it you know but just understand that for every slack song there are there may be a thousand <laughs> you know songs that are super positive you know what i'm saying like save your life <laughs> type yeah. content so yeah that that's just how i had to like break it down yeah and then since we're on the topic of uh why sometimes i'll be listening to some reggae stuff and you know reggae has a very distinct baseline that that no other music in the world has like that ba- the baseline of a reggae tune like a you know yeah. what i'm saying like there's no other like it man and i'm like yo do you hear this does that move you <laughs> <laughs> um but you know something i just thought of and I've, this wasn't in the study and there's probably no way that you could prove it i'm sure if i spoke to muta baruka he would agree with me right now but um i feel like that baseline is kind of like it's very it's to me because have you ever gone to a all right I'm, I'm gonna get a little bit poetic have you ever been to a dance and go to the bathroom and you're hearing what's going on outside. And it's like a low-pass filter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like all you're hearing is bass. Because scientifically, bass travels through because it reverberates through walls. It's vibration. Right? You're not going to hit it. You a, don't hear it. You feel yeah, it. Yeah, you're not going to hit Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to hit a lows. You're not going to hit the, I mean, not, not going to hit a mids and highs. You're going to hear the bass. And to me, that bass line, and this is where I'm getting poetic, it's kind of like you're in the womb, you know what I'm saying? You're in the womb, you're in, you're in the fluid, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might only be able to hear bass coming through your mother's womb, son. Like, dude, I don't know, man. That's what I feel. Like, like bass lines touch me different, son. Like, it's, 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 it's it like, I don't know. It reminds me I'm human. Let's just put it that way. You know what I'm saying? So that's my little off-kilter you know, weird ass, you know, <laughs> abstract concept here, you know, when we're talking about baseline and reggae. That is very poetic. I got a nice vision right yeah, there, no, yo. Man. Way to paint the picture. Yeah, man. It's the, it's the vibrations, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. It's the vibrations. That's what it comes down to. Because like I was saying, bass is vibration. You know, it's something that you feel. So we all study science you know we know that there was um, there were two earthquakes a couple of weeks ago or it was three you know in that basin between jamaica and cuba um which measured like over seven on the richter scale and one of them was was like five point something so you know when you talk about natural elements in the earth that's what we and when you strip everything else away that's what we have you know there's a natural music and that's you can it can be heard you know there's vol- volcanic activity there's seismic activity there's thunder damn dude you trying to out poetic me nah son? nah nah man you'd upset <laughs> nah, just, just jump it on you yeah. got a thing going here man yeah man it's the universe side <laughs> it's the universe uh, yo this is a great episode man the regular lover podcast let us know your thoughts as always we want to hear from you word and um everybody thank you for all the birthday love yo shout out ross jamal you know what i'm saying i wasn't able to pick up his call but um you know he texted me yo big up um you know family always gives us feedback on the show so big up yourself and your family for real yeah man royal ethiopian sound out mm-hmm. of savannah georgia look out for that sound there yo royal ethiopian remember me tell you yeah man family 
So hit us up, regularloverpodcast at gmail.com. Shouts out to all the new subscribers, all the new listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Big up to my nice up radio family. Big up to my nice up radio family. The roster at Nice Up Radio continues to grow and get stronger. And, you know, shouts out to Cancer Man, the captain, and everybody involved. Quality operation. Best station out there. Make sure you log on, tune in. We're live every Monday, noon Pacific time until 1 p.m. If you don't catch the live, catch us on any podcast platform out there. Yeah, man. Until next week. Peace. Peace. For booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com. Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. Follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram and like facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audiobook about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him you know all the members of the whalers he's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows he put all this information into a book what's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience quoting Peter bunny the incidents happened with bob getting shot the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage and so you really get the excitement the energy of what is going on that book right there I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.